You're listening to Karnataka Coffee Chat. Carnatic music aficionado's delight. Namaskaram sir. We really honored and privileged to have you here with us. Well, just as others, I've always been totally awestruck and I've never been able to believe the fact that you started off your career at the age of 2. and went on to achieve so many things so many huge things so early in life well every performing artist has different stages in his life for instance you begin learning music then you start performing and the number of performances increase then you begin on tours and after a few years say you hit the top and then you begin uh, to reach the iconic status or become a superstar however in your case from the day you began touchwood i think you've been one of the very fortunate blessed artists who has remained at the top throughout your life so do you think the whole concept of reviewing a concert is a good trend because one review written by a person can influence so many lakhs of people who read that so do you think reviewing a concert in today's context is a good sign see you mean uh, whether it's good for critics to review the artists or yes, you mean works. whether artists themselves reviewing other artists no like how it works now critics review it beat raising or yeah. inviting it up i think see the, the reviews are absolutely rewarding provided they are written by good people provided they are written by people who know what they are talking about if a review is like a report of an event with all incorrect spellings even of the radha names and song names and so forth then it really doesn't reflect either way on the artist but if the source of the review is an impeccable one whose judgment is respected by all the artists then i think it will be fantastic to get reviewed and also of course as long as you know that the person is fairly unbiased you know if the, if we know that the the intent of that person is fairly you know beyond criticism then we'll respect the review and i think that reviews are very important because sometimes reviews can really give a lot of constructive feedback to budding artists and secondly they can also give audiences a taste of what actually good music is because many times a good reviewer can actually influence public tastes by emphasizing on quality masterpieces that were rendered in a concert or the weightiness of the content he'll be able to influence readers Will then think, okay, these are the values to look for in good future concerts when they listen. So this kind of things, a reviewer can play a very important role in increasing public awareness and improving public perception of the art also. But I'm now looking for such reviewers, of course. It's, it's a big search. Well, you are so busy all the time, and you do a variety of things. You. perform you compose practice you teach you do a research on muthukada venkata kavi's compositions and besides all this you set music for your 
melharmony, symphony and so many things, multitasking all the time. I've always been wanting to ask you this. How do you manage time so effectively? See, the difference between being busy and multitasking is huge actually. So, multitasking is something I rarely do. I am doing a lot of different things but all connected with music. Now, for example, if I were to compose or collaborate with Western listeners or perform or lecture or even teach or write about the thing, it's all done with one single central motive which is to take Carnatic music to a global platform and give it a global profile. Something similar to what Pandit Ravishankarji wanted and did for Hindustani classical music on the world, world arena. So, my entire thing is to export the best of Indian classical values, especially with Carnatic music, since I, I dabble in it, and make sure that that is reaching across without compromising the values to a wide number of world population. And within the country, I have the same agenda, which is to make people understand and appreciate the deeper values of Carnatic music. So for that reason, I may even talk about it and you know share certain ideas or even write books or articles about it or uh, maybe train students to perform, that kind of thing I may be doing. But ultimately, at the end of the day, I'm a first and foremost a performer and a composer. So those are the two primary things that I spend maximum time on. Besides performing, you've also started to compose at a very early age. So, is there something that really inspired you or motivated you to compose music? I don't know what really inspired because the one thing which might have actually influenced that was the fact that my father taught me more than 500 compositions even before I was 5 or 6 years old. So, I was exposed to a lot of quality music creations of great masters like from Jagaraja, Dikshita, Shama Shastri, Purundara Dasa and so forth, you know, that, that league composers. So, and uh, this really shaped more than anything my ability to appreciate quality compositions. So, a quality composition really is three-dimensional because it has melody, rhythm and lyrics. And when you learn compositions in different languages, then you really get to appreciate the beauty of different languages irrespective of, you know, what your mother tongue is. So you are really able to see the beauty of expression in so many different languages and how great composers are able to integrate the lyrics with the music in a seamless manner. And so these kind of qualities I kept on admiring and so probably that resulted in me also attempting to express my own musical thoughts or lyrical thoughts uh, once in a while. Probably I started composing when I was 11, composition actually. And, you know, initially I would be frank enough to say that probably the first two, three years of my composing were more like, you know, like, uh, like a practice kind of compositions. I wouldn't call them masterpieces. But gradually you keep improving, you know. There is a phase when I actually literally told myself that I'll compose at least one song every day. For some time, like for one month or so I did that. I mean, I've written all my compositions date-wise. So, you know, I still know the dates for most of them. So, so like this, it was more like a practice kind of thing to composing. But now, definitely, you know, 
we keep maturing as we keep learning more masterpieces reading little more and learning little more about the art and thinking about it all the time then you start composing more effortlessly and better quality works even now you know it's it's like there's no end for this so we, we keep evolving all the time so what is your daily routine like now it's like you know my routine is like pretty flexible there could be days when i wake up at 2 o'clock in the morning there could be days when i go to bed at 4 or 5 so it really is very tough to say what a routine can be at this stage but in the formative years definitely my father was absolutely insistent that i should get up at 4 o'clock in the morning and work till about 10 or 11 in the night and i used to i used to do this consistently from the age of about 5 or so for for quite some time i did that i i didn't go to school till my fourth standard so i know only from my fourth i started going to school so at least if you say from 4 to 11 or even 10 you are talking about 18 hours a day of which even if you take half the time off you know for any other thing which i didn't do really you still have about 9 9 10 hours but i i think i would i would easily work about 10 14 hours average minimum so have you ever cribbed about not being able to play and enjoy like the other kids did yeah the funny thing here is again my father's genius because he made music so much of fun that at no stage did he ever feel strained or regretful of being in music in fact there was a time when i was such a snob that i used to think that going out and playing in the street or doing all the other things were childish and <laughs> so i was like i was such a funny set of ideas that i had then i would not i would uh, not even consider going and doing something like that but then of course once i went to school then i started getting more social and start playing more game and you know, cricket and all that i started playing more actively she's been really lucky to have seen and interacted with different generations of musicians with that in mind what do you think are the positives and not so positive characteristics of the present set of musicians belonging to this generation i would say see the greatest plus point of today's generation definitely intellectually they are more literate to start with so their education levels are something else it's not just instinct they can intellectualize a lot of things and this is a generation of inquisitiveness you know so they'll always keep wondering what is what what is why is that like this kind of thing so that that is a good part of it but the flip side is that all this is leading to too much of talk and less of action ultimately music is a practical subject unless you actually sit and sing or unless you sit and play for 8 to 10 hours a day or at least where are we going to be gaining anything by just talking about it or just reading about it and all that we can probably be publishing books or doing lectures but they are not going to help us create immortal music at the end of the day creating immortal music should be the first and foremost priority of a practicing musician and so from that perspective i think the younger generation also is also you know i would say that uh, at any generation there have been distractions okay only the medium varies today it could be facebook uh yesterday it could have been telephone texting 
before that could have been emails prior to that could have been just you know parks and uh, river sites or beaches but the distraction is always there one discussion or the other before that it could have been in between there would be the television for some time all these were various fads at various times even in recent last few decades so only the nature of the distraction changes but the distraction remains so we cannot say that only this generation is distracted maximum every generation there have been specific people who have gone above distractions and become legends and every generation there are people who are caught in the usual distractions at the wrong age and then they end up not achieving or underachieving altogether you know so generally i think i would say that uh, the legends in whichever era it is are those who are able to balance between the attraction and distractions with their own actual chosen profession so i would say there are artists who may work on their profession for 95% nobody does 100% only this and so it's too much definitely 5% of entertainment recreation everything is absolutely fine but there are artists like that who do that only for 5% there are others who may do for you know 10% of recreation entertainment others could do it for as much as 50 60% and so their output is also proportional and 95% artist is a legend anything from 80 to 95 is a very very high average it's a very good output generally provided the method is also correct other other between the 50 to 80 would be in the average above average category anything less will be mediocre or below i think that's where you know irrespective of generation people have to remember that some of the values are beyond time they cannot be altered and my current experience says that it's only the nature of the medium that is changing otherwise the fundamental facts remain as it is well now i'm going to be asking you a set of questions on a lighter note to begin with tell me about one moment which you truly think was totally adventurous in your life that you get totally scared of it when you think of it even today is there any such really really exciting adventurous moment that you survived through plenty of things in fact see the amount of traveling i have done and i continue to do are like phenomenally exciting most of the times on one side i get to see such lovely places right from alaska to you know even south america so many of the different exotic countries so to speak and then you have so many interesting travel experiences some of them pleasant some of the most tranquil scenes you see and some of the most tranquil sights you see you play you visit some love some of the loveliest places that uh, you know otherwise you would only be seeing on discovery channel or something like that so this is a great opportunity to be this traveling performer also but uh, things that i survived uh, i almost came close to drowning recently in uh, in a river in uh, sacramento usa so you know lucky i knew a bit of swimming so i sort of escaped my my 
what do you call that? The kayak. I went kayaking, and that thing just capsized and threw me into the water. And it, I just managed to swim and reach another nearby boat. And I was rescued by people whom I had neither seen before in my life nor am I ever going to see afterwards. So it was really nice. Good for us. Yeah. As uh, Woody Allen said, uh, comedy is tragedy plus time. So today I'm able to laugh about it. But at that time I was actually thinking, oh, from next year they are going to start doing Aradhana for me like they do for Tyagaraja and others. <laughs> As I was furiously swimming, swallowing half water and all that. <laughs> I seriously wondered. Most funny incident in your life? <laughs> Plenty of such incidents. No, it will come up with one funny incident. Most funny incident. See, it's very difficult. See, generally, I can be very funny when I don't mean to be. When someone asks, you know, you to be funny at gunpoint, that's when all the humor vanishes from us. And so now, if I sit back and think what is funny in my life, it's very difficult to actually come up with something. Okay, some experience that was very funny while you were like, in that's the what? chain or something like that. Yeah, no, plenty of things. You know, Recently in a concert, you know that uh, I have developed this technique like breathless singing. I have developed this breathless slide which is like I can play endlessly only on the left hand without even strumming the instrument. I did breaths about even we can do it for about 3 to 5 minutes. I can literally do it actually endlessly but I'll, I don't do it more than 3-4 minutes at most because you want to point it something more. But the point is that this is a very difficult technique on a slide instrument especially. If it's a fretted instrument at least you can keep sort of hitting against the fret and increasing the vibration but on a slide it's even more tough. So I am generally a bit you know uh, conscious of this uniqueness of this technique that I have developed. So I do have a glow about it when I play. And here I was recently playing this concert in Hyderabad. And everybody in the audience was actually, you know, awestruck and they were watching. Almost they were breathless the way I was playing it because they were holding on to their breath, wondering what is next going to happen. Everybody except the violinist. He had turned completely to the other side. He had absolutely no clue what I was doing. So he was going on bowing all through and reducing the impact by more than 75% in the process. And I tried to do everything to attract his attention without stopping the music. But here, he had reached the stage of total concentration on some other fly on the wall nearby. So he was never looking at me through that entire phrase. Finally, I just gave up. Frustration. Only when the audience clapped, he realized, oh, something was happening over there. A possession of yours that you think is of infinite value. Without doubt, my instrument, my Chitravena. Your strengths and your weaknesses. I don't know. Sometimes the strength itself can be weakness. So, no, I think the ultimately the strength and weakness is my own brain only. I would say. Your hobbies? Hobby has been, you know, cricket, reading. I used to play a bit of chess. I used to play a bit of table tennis. In fact, almost every game I used to play more like chess actually. Even cricket, I would actually play more with my brain than with talent. 
so so with that approach you can go up to a certain level but you can't go beyond that level but up to a certain level you can actually be better than people who are even 50% 60% more talented than you so it used to be fun for me to play any game with the brain actually well describe yourself in just three words or let us say if chitravina ravikiran was a brand what would be the tagline uh, three words are too little actually but maybe okay, you can say fair. i would possibly just say maybe simple way student of music and life if you had a next birth would you still want to be the same person the same chitravina ravikiran no that is really see, i'm very philosophical actually you know the way i i look at this whole thing is in this birth i've been given this particular skill set for a particular reason which is to do my maximum with what i have in this direction next birth i could be given a totally different skill set maybe i it could be a carpenter or i could be a sculptor or i could be a computer programmer and it's not only the skill set see you you are given a particular set of skills and you are also constantly given this opportunity to interact with people of that same skill set means there is a state there is a meaning somewhere over there that you are meant to increase that skill set and then give back in your own way so if i am given a particular skill set in music normally i will not be given this opportunity to interact with a bunch of cricketers all the time i'll be given opportunities to interact with people who are experts in that field so there is a message over there so that's what i personally believe that life is a transferable job so you could be transferred from music to any other field in your next birth and it doesn't have to be in the in this earth only it could be in planet x 2532 or something tell us about one best moment of your life i don't know i think not it's very difficult to say any one one particular moment but my generally best moments have been when you know the topmost legends have given me some constructive feedback or showed some appreciation i think those are really the moments which is so what are your plans for the future and basically my future is the same thing take music take an addict to the highest levels possible on this planet <clears throat> well can you pick out on one best concert of yours in your lifetime or do you even believe in this idea of an ideal or say a best concert can exist in a musician's life do you even believe in that very difficult see it's all so illusory so on the stage when you are playing you may feel one particular way then immediately you hear the recording it could be a totally different thing there is nothing like one best concert or something it's very difficult and there are concerts which i thought i played badly but the recording may actually sound better than what i thought or there are other concerts when you actually think you are playing very well but off the stage the acoustics could be bad something else could happen the music will not be reaching the people as you may intend it to be or the accompanist some mic could be too much 
off stage that you are not even aware of. The Mridangam could be sounding much louder than what you think. You may be thinking you are in heaven, but the audience may actually be thinking they are somewhere in Somalia or something. You never know. So, it's very tough to say that. You keep performing throughout the year across the world and right from your childhood, you would have had several millions of people appreciating you and praising your performances. But among all that, is there any one specific incident or appreciation from any one particular that you really cherish? No, see the, the one very special one which I cherish is something I don't even myself remember because that was when I was two. Apparently Pandit Ravishankar made this famous statement, no, if you don't believe in God, look at Ravi Karan kind of thing. But I don't even remember when or where and for, I was like too young to even understand the whole thing. This is something that I only heard other people say. But I definitely value something like that. Even recently I played a concert in Pandit Ravishankarji's house. Okay, so I see that your music room, besides its extremely divine ambience, has this entire wall so beautifully dedicated to all the musicians that you really love and admire. So, if you were to think of this imaginary concert, tell me who are all the artists, in your opinion, that will be featured in this imaginary ideal concert. No, I am always uh, fond of all the legends music, you know, as a listener, if you are asking me. I have always uh, loved to listen to people like say, Arya Kodi GNB, Maharaj Paramishnate or MLB or T. Brinda, and all this, uh, so many artists, Ram Nakshan, I mean you can just name endlessly Alatul Brothers or all these brilliant artists. Each artist would seem and sound fulfilling when you heard them. You would never miss something that another artist had when you were listening to a particular artist. That's what, that's what is actually meant by a legendary artist. When you are listening to X, if you were to be sitting on the hall and thinking, oh, you know, why you would actually think this is far better, then that artist is not really being what he should be or she should be. So the same composition when you are hearing from one person, if that person is compelling enough in the execution, then you are coming back home fulfilled. That's the key. So any such artist, any artist who can give me that experience is what I, I always cherish. Sometimes it could be an unknown youngster, it could be a child. In fact, I once heard a child artist, um, of course he is now pretty much older, but I heard a recording of his, uh, of a composition of Annamacharya Nana Deep Brathuku, actually in Revati. And Revati is not even one of my favorite ragas actually in a serious sense. But his rendition was like so poignant that it brought tears to my eyes. And he was only about 10 or 11 at the time. So that's the quality of music that I really cherish. What's your favorite color? Tough to say. Very tough, very very tough for me because each color is my favorite if it's in the right place. Now I cannot imagine uh, a red sky and a 
you know this kind of thing it's favorite when it's in the right place you know say if you were to go and shop clothes for yourself you still will look out for colors that you like right so what are those i have no such favorites i'll tell you why most of the times i'm gifted clothes and so you know whatever people keep gifting me i appreciate their sentiment so i end up wearing everything and invariably this puts other people who don't like that color on me at uh, logger heads with me so there's plenty of people who may come and say my taste sucks but it's really not my taste somebody else gifted me that so <laughs> when i go buy i just don't look at any i just see okay this is not in my wardrobe okay i just pick a color and come i'm very whimsical that way what is your favorite genre of music i'm a big admirer of uh, western classical and big admirer of uh, hindustani also though my knowledge base in either one is not high but i i admire good music and then i also of course i've heard some excellent jazz artists i've played with musicians uh, from brazil or china or say even uh, middle east different countries africa and so forth so i admire different Do you listen to that frequently? Like I keep listening to it frequently or something because see, I still tend to be only focused on what I uh, work on. But when I collaborate with some other artists, I may end up listening or sometimes somebody may send me a fantastic clip of some excellent rendition from me and I, I'll take the time to listen to that. But with the Western classical, with Western classical, I still listen now and then because I work on this concept of melody so so to that extent and since I compose music for western classical groups and orchestras and you know symphonies and philharmonic so I also listen to that sometimes What is your favorite cuisine what kind of food do you like to eat Favorite generally south indian south indian classical music south indian classical food But of course, I do eat Italian, or sometimes I eat North Indian, sometimes Mexican. So anything vegetarian without onion, garlic, sometimes. Okay. So tell us what your favorite ragas are. Generally, my favorites will be gravitating towards the big six in Carnatic music, like Thodi, Kalani, Bhairavi, Kambodhi, Kharagapriya. Shankarabharanam, so forth, or the emo- evocative ragas, like what you call as the rakti ragas, like the Shahan, the Gulakambodi, Devakanthari, this kind of ragas, Anand Bhairavi, and so forth. But I end up playing all of the ragas also because when you really pin it down, generally in my case. Whatever I'm playing at that moment is my favorite. What is your favorite genre of music? I'm a big admirer of uh, Western classical and big admirer of uh, Hindustani also. Though my knowledge base in either one is not high, but I I admire good music. And then I also of course I've heard some excellent jazz artists. I've played with uh, Musicians from Brazil or China or say even uh, Middle East, 
different countries, Africa and so forth. So I admit different. Do you listen to that frequently? You know, like I keep listening to it frequently or something because see, I still tend to be only focused on what I uh, work on. But when I collaborate with some other artists, I may end up listening or sometimes somebody may send me a fantastic clip of some excellent edition from me and I, I'll take the time to listen to it. With the Western classic, with Western classical, I still listen now and then because I work on this concept of melody. So, so to that extent, and since I compose music for Western classical groups and orchestras and you know symphonies and philharmonic, so I also listen to that sometimes. Your favorite author? Favorite author? Again, good question. I have read so many authors. From India itself, if you say from Valmiki to Vyasa to Vikram Seth, I have read. And if you were to look at the international things, from you know Charles Dickens, uh, Thomas Hardy, all these classics I have read. Then of course contemporary fiction, I read almost all the major authors. I do read. So I have a wide range of authors whom I keep reading. But generally, I'm more into you know action fiction kind of thing. Or suspense and that kind of, or maybe some legal thriller or sometimes humor like PG Woodhouse. I know that you watch a lot of movies, so tell us what your favorite films are. Very tough because you watch hundreds of movies. Some of them are better than the others. You know, so I would say fairly good number of decent movies are there. If I were to say from The I if I okay if I were to say of recent times, I always have you know still retain my admiration for this animation and the children's kind of cartoon comical kind of things even now. So you know stuff like Disney kind of things I still watch, and at the same time some other kind of productions. Normally you know the movies. Either it should be too gripping or it should be too light. There can't be some halfway mediocre thing. So if it's like that quality, it's definitely entertaining. So watch it. I know you love watching and playing cricket. So who's your favorite player? Don Bradman, number one. He's not merely a favorite cricketer, but he's actually God for me. See, in any walk of life, if you are able to actually, through your achievements, be twice as good as your next guy, then you are a god of sorts. You know, Don Bradman's accomplishments are at least twice as good as all other people who have played the game over that period of time. And you know, even now, when you talk of all the legends. They all are only about fifty, sixty percent of Bradman in in the final analysis, and so that kind of lead you don't just get accidentally. Uh, and and also I've read books about him, so the kind of life that he led, the kind of uh, respect he commanded, even as a human being. For example, he. 
he married his childhood sweetheart whom they had known from the age of 8 and 10 kind of thing and then both of them lived till their 90s and uh, on the field he was everything that others can only dream of and uh, as a person he did whatever he could in the best manner that he could and he was totally free of any habits he in fact wrote that even smoking or drinking or anything could be detrimental to one's reflexes it was not any moral stand he took he just was so committed to the profession and the field that he didn't want to do anything that will be detrimental to that and that is what so he was not going around preaching or anything just action and i think that kind of uh, lifestyle definitely had an impact on the output that he had and all this he did uh, you know when protection for cricketers was much less like today you have all these helmets and all kinds of body cricketer almost goes like a warrior or a astronaut no but those days it was just very minimal protection there was a lot of skill secondly the attitude the approach so everywhere don bradman is dermon so if there is a god that you can really look for look up to in any walk of life right so much so that even in other sports you can't find a parallel to this level of you know lead over your fellow human beings well your bookcase reflects on what you said so many books on don bradman wow amazing collection okay so what's your favorite holiday destination i have really had some lovely holidays uh, i really liked alaska then switzerland is fantastic brazil was excellent you know and then australia is excellent us there are several destinations here beautiful in india there are excellent places if you only take pride and maintain them so you know there are so many lovely places to see that uh, you know even if we were to go once or twice a year it will be worth it what would you like to say to the present generation of musicians i think the first and foremost thing is to focus focus and focus for at least 10 years of our life so that we are putting in about 10000 hours of good practice 10 to 20000 hours of good practice if you are able to put in as a log maintain a log of how many hours one is practicing in the correct direction of course and practice doesn't mean you know sitting in front of a book or computer and then learning something it actually means sitting in front of a tambura and singing or playing actual music so learning or revision is not practice the practice is with the intent to improve or polish what you already have learned so that kind of thing if you are able to do and then only listen to the highest quality of music for that period then all any kind of music you can listen it won't be badly influenced but if you want to specialize in carnatic listen to the greats in carnatic don't listen to everything from african to you know alaskan music at that stage after the 10 years anything is fine initial stage one has to be very focused about one's learning 
and then thinking is as important as singing or playing one has to always be there should be like a 24 hour non stop channel inside our brain which is parallelly thinking about music all the time irrespective of what we are physically doing whether we are playing cricket or watching something or talking to somebody so that is very important and then you know always whenever you get the opportunity discuss with other giants in the field whatever things that you would like to discuss this other other thing which i would actually guard against is uh, you know it's fantastic to have an attitude and all that but everything is relative this attitude we can have with respect to somebody like ravi shankar or some legend will be markedly different from an attitude one may have towards somebody's classmates so this blind attitude with a capital a doesn't work in real life it actually shuts off our own learning faculties and shuts our own progress so that i think is something that you know some people might misguidedly think is very fashionable for this generation as i know it's not at all true i've seen people who are doing in so many generations with the same results only so it's not a new phenomenon so it's not a very in thing to have attitude in other words so people keep confusing a lot of things and they actually think it's very contemporary that's because they're not even studied history so lot of the things that we actually think is very fashionable was there even 2000 years back in india india was considered to be extremely more liberal than what us is today so nothing is like new or novel to our culture actually there are certain things which keep getting fashionable over a period of time but so this attitude business is sometimes misleadingly fashionable according to some people but i would caution against that you know the correct kind of attitude and approach towards art first and then rest will follow and stop talking rather than singing better than you know any other way to serve the art best way to serve the art initially would be through personal example lecturing can really start happening when our body is not able to deliver our thoughts properly if you are sitting on a stage and not able to sing properly only then we should start talking about it when we can sing properly sing properly there's no need to be talking about it. you know writing volumes about music you know all this is fine then criticizing some 400 year old books or you know all other tradition all that is like it can all happen after we have shown through personal example for about 40 50 years no so there's no rush there's no desperate hurry to be heard so this is the age of action first 40 50 years of life should be about just performing 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 and creating immortal music when your body is at its best but that time you have to create the highest quality of music possible and then it's a question of sustaining maintaining being intelligent and wise to just you know run the ship well on that note thank you very very much sir thank you so much for your time i really enjoyed listening to you talk and i'm sure all the listeners of radio wala would have loved it as much as i did you were really inspiring and i think all of us could go on and on listening to you just merely talk 
थैंक यू सो मच कर्नाटिका कॉफी चैट बिहाइंड सीन्स ऑफ द कर्नाटिक वर्ल्ड Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this Sochcast. What is your Soch? Send us your comments on our Facebook page and Instagram page. It's time for you to do your own Sochcast at Sochcast. Apni Soch, dunia ko sunao. Sochcast.